2: It's time. It's time. Time Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone with the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey family. I'm Al Sacco with Brian To Kick off our show. We're joined by NFL Network's analytics expert. You can see her every Sunday at NFL Network's NFL Game Day morning at 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern. She is Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia, thanks for coming back on the show this season. Really appreciate it.
0: So great to see you guys. I'm sorry I'm coming from the car. I told you, you know, whenever it rains in Los Angeles, people do not know how to drive. And so I just pulled over here so I wasn't late for you guys. But my goodness, it's just hilarious.
2: <laughs> we appreciate the time. Can't wait to talk some Niners with you. but. Before we do, we ha- I had some NFL questions for you, just some overarching sure. stuff about the league. And this season I saw a stat. Um, scoring is down again in the league. And I saw that there are currently 12 teams with more field goals than touchdowns in 2011 is the only season since the 2000, since the, in the two thousands where there were more than six I'm curious what you see or what your numbers have told you about why scoring is down. Is it because there's been 10 rookie quarterbacks to start? Is there more to it? What, what are you seeing around the
0: league that? Well, there's a couple of reasons. First, there's always a natural ebb and flow between offenses and defenses. So the offense has had an, an advantage for a couple of years, and especially during those COVID years, when you had a lot more remote meetings and stuff and people were, I, you know, it, it's much harder to react to something than it is to be the one who designs the play. but. You know, defensive coordinators are really smart, too, and they figure things out as well. So we do see the pendulum switch just, you know, if you look at if you dial back and look at like the macro trends in the NFL, that ends up happening all of the time. Um, But it's a little bit more pronounced this time. I think a couple of reasons. First, there are a lot of I don't want to say like younger, but less experienced play callers in the NFL, Mm. you know, not 49ers, but. In mm-hmm. other teams, the people who are calling the offenses are not people with Andy Reid-like experience, right? So you have less experienced play callers. You have less experienced quarterbacks and more less experienced quarterbacks. My English is terrible. <laughs> more less experienced quarterbacks. And ultimately what happens is, is they have a lot of college-style you know, uh, habits, right? And those college-style habits are things that now defenses are like, oh, well, if we just play like, Uh, a two-safety shell, we're going to get an advantage because, you know, who doesn't play zone defense? Uh, College. So you Mm -hmm. have some people who are just getting a little bit of a jump defensive-wise, again, assuming they have the personnel, because there's some trends that you kind of can't, tell someone to change who they are right you can't be like hey you've never executed this against zone coverage but you're going to be fine right like we pull out these like exceptional safeties and these you know nfl like you know all pro corners you're going to be totally cool right <laughs> so
2: so you were on the show almost a year ago to the day from now exactly. and the niners were four and four at the time and the year mm-hmm. before after eight games there were three and five and we had you on and i'm like cynthia why are they so inconsistent like what's, they were worried this season and you were like, Al, relax, they're going to be fine. And sure enough, they don't lose again until, until the NFC championship game. Mm-hmm. So this year they start five and zero. Oh, they go into that slump, but then last week they, they look great I mean, they looked like the Niners again, mm-hmm. but the schedule is a little tougher this time around in the second half. They have Seattle twice. They have to go to Philly. They have to play Baltimore. Do you see another big second half from them? What is your model? Or again, just whatever you see of the team predict for the Niners over well, the last night. Yeah.
0: Years well, I think good things for the Niners. I mean, I, I definitely think this is a situation where you're going to have another season of a very long season, a good long season, a nice one. Um, the, the A few things. Number one, obviously, you notice the trend differences when Trent Williams is playing. Listen, as it turns out, when you have like a, the best left tackle playing, things look better for your quarterback. Newsflash and Debo Samuel also that's a really big help for Brock Purdy as he evolves into the NFL. You know, he had the luxury of being able to be on this, like, I mean, not to say I could play quarterback in this system because I couldn't, but, you know, I feel like it is a much easier path when you have all of these amazing weapons than it is for someone who's say working with, you know, I mean, I kind of feel bad for Tommy DeVito. Like, this is not a great Mm -hmm. one, but like that, other than that, like, that's not a, you know, I think everyone sort of feels bad for him. So long story short, you know, you have to to factor those things in. And as long as this team can stay healthy, then I think, or not too unhealthy, if that, if that makes sense, then I think that it's just the sky's the limit, especially like, I don't know how it was allowed to add Chase Young. Like, I just feel like the other team should be like, <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you making it so hard on us? So
2: you got to veto just, that, right?
0: Yeah, like I would think they'd be like, excuse me, I'm Jerry Jones over here. That is not allowed. You know, I, I'm just, you know, obviously I'm teasing. But with with that front, and then, you know, Fred Ward is just playing lights out this year. I think, yeah. you know, obviously you guys talk about him a lot. And nationally, when when you're on a national game, people are like, look for number 54. But I don't think people understand that role this year, with the way that the defenses are playing, the teams look at the good teams. The teams that have that kind of linebacker are good. Baltimore with Real Smith, you know, you've mm-hmm. got even Demario, you know, even Demario Davis for the the Saints. That's something where you can have an opportunity to have just a better. I'm not suggesting that the saints are in the anywhere near the same quality as the Ravens or even the Niners, but you know, you have a much better opportunity to win when you have a guy like that. That is so key in this particular season, especially with the trends we're seeing with quarterbacks and offenses playing, you know, and scoring being down.
1: Yeah. You would have thought after last season, the league would have learned their lesson when they allowed Kyle Shanahan to get Christian McCaffrey. And here we go. (laughs) Now it's chase young and, and,
0: uh, it seems like it's like like I I read that I go this can't be right. Why would the, like what is Washington doing? Like at least give it to someone in the AFC, Washington. What are you thinking? You know, like it's yeah, not a and good...
1: and then I think as a fan, sometimes you go, oh man, like why, like why are they willing to give him to us? But I mean, he already I feel like showed out in against Jacksonville, and it's
0: I'll tell you why I, they're I willing to give him. Be, because they don't want to pay him. They've got all of those right. people that they they got rid of the two guys that they had to pay this offseason. Mm-hmm. That is a wholesale. We are, you know, new ownership. We're switching everything. We want to not have, I mean, yeah. you can't not pay him, right? So it's, it's yeah. a and they should, and they, I don't know why they didn't get that fifth-year deal. That, whatever that's that's Washington's problem, not the <laughs> Niners' problem. You guys will have to figure out how to pay him later, but this year will be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I suggested that Martin Mayhew was wearing his old 49ers polo under his Commanders polo when he made that trade because it just feels like that was that was the ultimate hookup from one, yeah. from one buddy to another. Like, hey, here's a here's Chase Young for a compensatory third round pick. Uh, But it it, it actually kind of getting Chase Young really leads me into a question I had for you. And, and it, it's more analytics-based than anything, but I feel like over the course of the last, let's say five years or so, the analytics community has really kind of touted coverage over pass rush in terms of where where do you want to build your defense? Do you want to build it from the back to the front or the front to the back? And the 49ers have obviously largely uh, ignored that uh, that idea and have sunk so much money into that front seven or or even more specifically the pass rush Mm -hmm. almost sometimes to the detriment of coverage or at least the 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 coverage players that they have and but you've also seen that they've been a largely top five defense since doing that as well do you feel like the 49ers are just bucking a trend and that they are i guess you would say they were they are the exception to the rule when it comes to uh you know when it comes to that idea sometimes there's just there are just times where it doesn't necessarily work out like the model would tell you it would
0: so i the the answer that i have for you is you know it's funny when we talk about things theoretically, it's nice, but the problem is, is you can't construct these. There's no, it's very hard to even find what's an average player. Right. So when you're trying right. to construct a model and even when they say on TV, like the analytics say to go for it, that's actually not true because they don't factor in. Like if I have Justin Tucker and it's, you know, that who's to me, like, obviously, you know, the best field goal kicker there is, that's going to mm. make a different calculation and calculus for me even for the the subsequent drives on how far of a field goal I need to kick, right? So you have to know thyself. If you already have some absolute studs up front and the amount of money that is free in the marketplace for you to acquire another one meaning chase young being basically free Mm -hmm. that's actually (laughs) not that that's not to the detriment of your defense it's actually to the benefit of it your your strategy needs to be cohesive you can't be like okay this one over here this one over because if they think about it i mean christian mccaffrey bucks that trend too because analytics people don't like running backs right don't pay them yeah right. I don't think you should pay people who aren't playing or, you know, there's a lot of arguments to say not to overpay any player, but the market dictates the price, not necessarily the players, but the market doesn't dictate what's available there. You know, you're, you can't, you can't get every player. It's not like you can say, I'm going to pick this corner, but you know, of all the corners there, I'm going to choose one that's not as good because I only believe it up front, right? Like, that's not how that works. It's just, there aren't, you got to look and see, like, what is the, what's actually coming out? From the draft, what's actually coming out in free agency, what is achievable for me to get based on the people I already have 53 players or even more, obviously, with practice squad. You already Mm. have like surplus somewhere and you have a need elsewhere. So you got to be careful that you're not overly switching your strategy midstream. You can't fall in love with like some flashy player if it doesn't fit your system, right? So that's the so it's, 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 it's a fun theoretical talk. And I get dinged by the analytics people who I'm like, that's not what the analytics says here. That's what you know, those models are based on, you know, the models, especially when they talk about it, like, you know, on tv right like Mm -hmm. if you say i would i would argue the model is trying to identify what is paid like let's pretend like you know we know someone's overpaid we know someone's underpaid well you can't know if it's over or under unless you know what paid is so i'm at the models are like a historical reference point they're not necessarily indicative of the future performance because your team doesn't have the same you know missing pieces or strengths as another team so you have to know yourself relative to the numbers
1: yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Cynthia, before we get you out of here, obviously this is a 49ers podcast, so it's obligatory to talk about Brock Purdy because I mean that's just that's just who <laughs> the the lightning rod yeah. for the 49ers, if you will. Um, and so you look at numbers all the time, obviously, as the analytics expert over there at NFL Network. And and we try and do the same. Um, and Brock Purdy's currently leading the NFL in both passer rating and after Josh. Allen's performance on Monday QBR as well. Uh and and he's doing so at 23 years old. Uh Tua and Foles did it in their age 24 seasons. Uh Purdy will turn 24 in December, uh but you know, most of the season he's going to be 23. And then you have to go all the way back to Dan Marino in 1984 to find a younger younger quarterback to do it and that was 22. Um he's also the second quarterback uh Kurt Warner being the other to have three three touchdown games with a rating of over 140 and he's obviously had his his highs and and this season he's had his lows that three game losing streak being kind of the 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 one we look at there but do you feel like uh we just have to say at this point it's 17 games uh of you know uh, of history now uh in terms of games that he started has he cemented himself as as the long term quarterback in this league and specifically for the 49ers or do you think there's still a little bit out there that we that we need to find out before we can kind of crown him that?
0: I, You know, that's a great question because we all want to know what the end result is going to be. But I would say it kind of comes back to two things. The first, I believe every quarterback, including Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, every single one is a system quarterback. Yes. And if you mm-hmm. put someone with the right yep. pieces in the right situation, they're going to have a much better outcome. You can't plop Brock Purdy onto the Giants and expect him to go bring you to an NFC championship game. That's not how this works, right? So I would say that as long as the system can keep providing for the things that nurture his strengths, and also, by the way, I also love that the next-gen stats show that he leads the league in deep passer ratings, so 20-plus yard yeah. passes. Like, mm-hmm. that's a wild stat because you'd think having kind of Christian McCaffrey who catches passes and Debo Samuel who catch and run, like, I think I close my eyes. I think Niners, I think catch and run. And then he also has yeah. the best, like, it's kind of amazing, right? Like, so I would say as long as the system can keep nurturing him. And by the way, at least until the end of four years or whatever, you know, when you, re- you you're going to have to resign him, then it probably can. So I think he has a chance to really like learn the fundamentals and now not just win with him win because of him right now, I would say they win mm-hmm. with him. And, and I'm, and it's not because I don't like him. It's because I think that. I would like to see more of a sample size, right? You have to see, like, I don't think 17 games is enough for anyone, even Josh Allen, even Patrick Mahomes, even Tom Brady. So, you know, what I'm saying is, you know, I'm saying right now they win with him, and then I do believe he can develop into someone who can be the reason that they win. So so that's not maybe like the most satisfying answer, but that's, that's where I stand. (laughs) And I
1: think that's where, and, and I agree with you. I think that's where everybody needs to be. You know, we, we always, we, we just want our take to be right. Right. And that's where everyone has a take and they find whatever compliments their take and it's confirmation bias and all of that. But the reality, like you said, is it's 17 games and that's not enough to crown anybody, but they have been some really promising seventeen games. Absolutely, sure. yeah.
0: And and you, and I think it's what what he has proven is that our initial assessment of him, and given that he was the last pick in the draft, was not right. We most of us got it wrong. You know, like yeah. even the Niners got it wrong. Not yeah. yeah. to say you know that because if he if he if they would have if thirty two teams would have known he was capable of what he's capable of doing, then he wouldn't have lasted that long. So I can say we were right. all initially wrong. That's something I'm willing to say too.
2: Totally. Yeah, it's it's just the rational way to look at it, you know, and that's what you have to do with them. So, Cynthia, you are the best. We really appreciate it.
0: Oh God, you guys are the greatest. It's so great to be on with you. Hey, you know what's really great? My um, my my local Starbucks barista. He is the biggest 49ers fan. He listens yes to all the time. And I told him that I was coming on, and he is stoked. So he I, listens. I, oh, he
2: listens to us. he's, yeah. an, he's an El Sacco fan, huh?
0: Absolutely. All right.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's cool like, to hear.
0: He goes, I need to know when it's gonna air. I'm like, absolutely, I will let you know. So like it was but he's he's the biggest 49ers fan. Like very, That's very awesome. cool stuff. Yeah. That's very awesome. Cool. That's really
2: cool to hear. <laughs> um, happy, happy Thanksgiving, Cynthia. Yeah, Thank you again too. so much.
0: Yeah, thanks Thanks, so much Cynthia. for having me. Bye guys.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
0: Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation, the ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation, the ultimate never done that. Can't wait to do it. Vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas.
2: This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. That's cool. we got some fans out there, Brian. Let's go, LA fans. Here we go. (laughs) I did not have on the bingo card today that uh, Cynthia Freeland was going to go get a coffee and talk about our show with a uh, 49ers fan. That's, that's, that's pretty cool.
1: Neither did I. But uh, <laughs> here we are. Look at us. The Paul Rudd meme.
2: Who would have thought? Who would have, have thought? Look at us. Not me. <laughs> not me. Definitely not. All right, Brian. So we got this game to go over. Before we do, I did want to give a shout out to Nick Bosa, who won Defensive Player of the Week for Miss the her. fifth time. And I don't know if you saw this but you know, who is the only other 49er to win it five times?
1: I'm going to go, how long have they been doing it?
2: Oh God. Well, this had to be, this had to be going back into the nineties.
1: Is it Bryant young?
2: No, you'll not, if you didn't see it, it's so obscure. Well, it's not obscure, but you would just never think yeah. of a million years. Secondary mid nineties.
1: Oh, uh, Merton Hanks.
2: Yeah. Merton hates oh. five freaking times. That's what NFL wow. communication said. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go back and look at that. He would have been the last player that I thought or one of them. I would Very have never cool. guessed him. No. But yeah, Bosa had three tackles, a sack and a half, a pass defended, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. He's the fourth player to do <laughs> yeah. that, fourth 49ers player to do that in a game since 2000. So, he wrecked shop. Listen, sure. Baldy was like, Bosa's not playing elite, and – we were Hargrave. when are we going to see the real Nick Bosa and he comes out and he was defensive player of the week. So good for him. Yep. I love
1: it. And, and, you know, honestly, that whole defensive line with the amount of pressure they put on, they put on Trevor Lawrence, uh, Hargrave included, uh, young included, right. Even, even Cleveland Farrell got a sack against Trevor Lawrence. So yeah. uh, that whole defensive line was just, was just feasting and, now they get to now they get to face Baker Mayfield. I'm pretty excited.
2: So this is the Niners are facing the Bucks this week. This will be the 27th matchup overall between the two teams in the 26th in the regular season. The Niners lead 19 to six as far as all time record, and the Bucks won their only playoff game back in 2003, which God, was, that was the a game after the Niners had that huge comeback against the Giants. Against the Giants. They yeah. played the would be Super Bowl champion Bucks and just got yep. annihilated in that game. Yeah. Um, which was Steve Mariucci's last game coaching the 49ers, because they went on to go with Dennis Erickson. I remember when they fired Mooch. I'm like, all right, they're gonna bring in like a Niners guy. I thought they're gonna hire Denny Green. I remember at the time. And then it was Dennis Erickson, and that was the first of I guess a lot of what the hell is going on Follies. moves. Started yeah. the dark, the dark ages until Harbaugh came back. And then there were a few more dark years. But um, yeah, that was the last, the last play, or the only playoff game with them. And the last time these teams met. Everybody should remember this. It was last year. It was yep. Brock Purdy in the game where we said, okay, he played so well against the Dolphins, but how's he going to come back? And he was just phenomenal. Just lit up Tampa Bay in the first half. The Niners won 35-7. And that that game to me, the Bucks niners last year, I've said it on the show before if you listen to the show, there was a lot of just, I don't know, anger and going back and forth amongst the fan base with Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo. And it was just kind of, I don't know, it got a little ugly. And Purdy came in there and it was kind of like everybody was just united and like, holy shit, this is awesome. And it's kind of been that way. Well, this offseason was a little weird, but <laughs> ever since then, mostly in the regular yeah. season games. It's, everybody's been really united, I think, with Purdy looks great. And that was the first game that it started. And it was nice to kind of have the fan base united behind somebody behind center.
1: You know what's <laughs> you know it's wild is I don't know, I don't know what the date of that Tampa Bay game was but if i'm not mistaken they played the dolphins in week nine and then they played the bucks in week 10. i believe i could be off there but what i was gonna say what's wild is last year they played a team from miami and then they played tampa bay at home and then they went to seattle on a thursday night and this year they played a team from florida and then they play tampa bay at home and then they play seattle on thursday it's (laughs) it's the exact script from last year except Mm -hmm. it's the jaguars instead of the dolphins so it's like oh interesting but yeah this this bucks team i mean it's it's plucky um they're probably better than than people thought they would be Um, baker mayfield has played better than Mm -hmm. i think people thought uh but they're still not good um you know they're alive in the nfc in the nfc south because the nfc south sucks and Mm -hmm. you know it's the (laughs) it's the bucks and the falcons and the saints and the panthers so um you know I think I I think one of the things that that when you look at a game right especially with this 49ers team I think going into a game against the San Francisco 49ers you have to be great at something if you want a chance to win and with the Browns you know they are great on defense with the Vikings you know they played a great the Kirk Cousins played great and and he has that that he has that in him and then the Bengals, you know, Joe Burrow is great. There isn't really anything great about this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, either on the defensive side or the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. You've got Mike Evans, but his his career is winding down. You've got Tristan Wirfs, but again, most of that line isn't very good. Baker Mayfield is, to me, average at best. I mean, I think he's a starter in this league, but he's not a superstar by any means. No. On the defensive side of the ball, You've got Todd Bowles, who's a, a decent coordinator, and, and the Bucks are second in the league in, in, in blitz rate, which will be interesting to see because Brock Purdy absolutely obliterated the blitz against the Jaguars last Sunday and also against the Giants when they played the Giants in week three or week two, whenever that was. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's really nothing that, that this team does great, and I think if you don't do something great, it's going to be – pretty difficult for them to pull off an upset there's a part of me that feels like maybe this is a bit of a trap game just because they get,
2: yeah yeah they He's were they after this. Yep. yeah
1: yeah not only that like it, but they're also coming back from the east coast which isn't easy but i think they'll be okay because it was coming off a bye but um and then you know you've got you've got seattle on on thursday and and honestly the 49ers sites should be set right now on the division and the division only based on those three losses that they had. So, you know, it goes Seattle, Philly, Seattle after this game. And, you know, you don't want to get caught looking ahead. Does this feel a little bit like that Falcons game from 2019? Maybe. Uh, But again, Matt Ryan was good still. So I, I just, I just don't think that the, that the bucks have the horses to, to pull off an upset.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of looking up and down on, on the team, and Baker has got good numbers this year. So in nine games, he's thrown for a little over 2,100 yards, and he's only got um, five interceptions this season. So he's done pretty well there. He's thrown a decent amount of touchdowns, too. Now, one of the reasons for that is this team has only given up 16 sacks, which is fourth fewest in the NFL, and they have a sack percentage of 5%, which is fifth best. So they are giving Baker some, some time there. I went back and looked at Baker against the Niners, though, because he's played against them twice. But a game. Yeah, I think it was just twice. You know the rivalry with Bosa, right? That mm-hmm. whole thing. And in 2019, with Cleveland, the Niners came out on a Monday night and just wax, just kicked their ass, absolutely yeah. kicked their ass. Yeah, 31 to three. Um, Baker was eight of 20 for 100 yards, two picks, <laughs> four sacks, and a lost fumble in that game. And yeah. Bosa had two sacks, forced fumble, a fumble recovery, five QB hits, and two tackles for loss in that Monday night game. Bosa just absolutely yeah. destroyed Baker. Now, yeah. they played him when he was with Carolina too. Niners 37 15, waxed them. Um, Baker in that game, 20 of 36 for 215, a pick and four sacks. Bosa was quiet, though. He only had one tackle in that game, but that'll be something to look for the Bosa Baker thing. But yeah, you mentioned they don't do anything fantastic. Offensively, they're awful running the ball, which is atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. 3.1 yards per carry, which is last in the league they have 230 carries and 703 rushing yards. So only 78 yards per game because they're so bad running the ball. um, They're 24th in total yards. They're 21st in yards per play. They don't score a ton. So they're one of 12 teams in the NFL right now, averaging under 20 points a game at 19.8. There's talent there. Like where would I worry on offense? You mentioned Mike Evans. He worries me. Mm -hmm. We, every time has played a good game, but if they can protect the way that the numbers say that they do, Mike Evans can maybe get some big plays downfield. He's got six TDs and 737 yards this year. Godwin's a good possession receiver, 44 catches, and they have a young tight end, K-Dot, who can catch the ball. And they throw to Rashad White a lot out of the backfield. But not a dynamic offense. The only thing that would really worry me offensively with them is Evans.
1: Do you have uh, their schedule up right now?
2: Um, I don't, but I can get it up.
1: I'm just wondering, again, talking about the number of sacks that they've allowed, just wondering who... Who they played? uh,
2: Who they played, yeah. Let's see here. The Bucks schedule. I know their wins aren't super impressive. Um, So they have played... Let's see. Going back to... What is week one? They played the Vikings... Okay, they played, and I'm going to get into some stats too about um, home and away, and what they allowed our quarterbacks to. In a minute, with the defense, but they played the Vikings, the Bears, the Eagles, the Saints, the Lions, the Bills, the Falcons, the Texans, the Titans. So they've played some decent. Defenses they played some there. decent defenses, yeah. So yeah, especially I would say with that, that is a legitimate stat. Yeah, that's that's yeah. something to watch. But okay, yeah. so defensively. They're seventh in total defense with 173 points allowed, right? So you would think, okay, well, that's pretty good, right? But when you look at it more, um, you could really move the ball on this team. They're 15th in total yards, 26th in yards per play. They've allowed the fourth most passing yards against with over 2,400. They give up a shitload of yards. So they're fifth most at 1,258 and second most of any team that's only played nine games.
1: It's because they they blitz all the time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of yak yards. And Now, listen, in their three, they've played four games away from home. In the three non-division away games, the QBs they played were Kirk Cousins, who threw for 344 yards, Josh Allen, who threw for 324, and C.J. Stroud, who threw for 470. So on the road, you can throw against this team. Mm -hmm. And because they are good against the run, 3.7 yards per carry, which is fourth best. I kind of feel like the Niners might attack them in the air. You could see a game where Kyle comes out, maybe that first series he's throwing downfield a little bit. He's trying to get guys on the run against them. And it could be a big day for Brock Purdy. I was actually going to ask Cynthia because I was watching, I forgot I was watching fantasy football live last night. Mm -hmm. I think I said on the show last time, I am sick of Trevor Lawrence's shit. And I was going to start Brock Purdy this week. And she, but she said last night that Trevor Lawrence, she loves him this week. I forgot to ask her. Son of a bitch. Um, uh, I'm going to have to use my own judgment, which is horrible. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I kind of feel like Purdy's going to come out and he's going to throw the ball. And he could have a big game, especially at home. This could be a 250-plus yard, 2-3 touchdown day for, for Purdy.
1: Yeah. The Tampa Bay defense seems to be relatively similar to that Jacksonville defense that they just played where Jacksonville I think was number three against the run. Um, and, but they could be had through the air and and Brock Purdy threw for 296 yards and, and three touchdowns. And, uh, I, I think we're going to see probably something pretty similar, uh, in terms of game plan from Kyle. Um, hopefully again, you, you see Kittle involved, um, like you said if they give up a bunch of yak i think you're going to see some some shallow crossers with Debo and and getting kittle the ball in his hands and you know they'll they'll obviously try and run the ball because that's what they do and and that's what they believe in but um i i again i'm not i'm not at all worried about this game and i'm not at all worried about the defense against this Tampa Bay offense um it just doesn't Baker doesn't scare me. Their running game doesn't scare me.
2: Um, You have me worried now, though, with the trap game thing. Now I'm a little bit worried because I wasn't worried. And now maybe I'm I'm worried because you're right. It's kind of like we had this big win. We're coming back Mm -hmm. home. We got Mm -hmm. Seattle three days and then Mm -hmm. we got Philly. Then we got Seattle again. And you got Tampa Bay just kind of crunched in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: I, I, I just. I'm hard pressed to think that there are trap games for this team in particular when they're healthy that, and that's the key and they're healthy right now. You know, there's, there were no injuries coming out of that Jack, that Jaguars game. The only injury uh, of note is Nick Zakel, the backup guard and center uh, Torres bicep. And so he's out for the season. So I imagine they're going to elevate somebody from uh, the practice squad. I would imagine it's going to be um, I, I uh, Corey Luciano, Uh, Who Mm. is a center? uh, Because I think John Feliciano, uh, as long as he plays like he did against the Jaguars, will probably end up slotting in for Spencer Burford when Aaron Banks comes back uh, to really upgrade the the interior of the offensive line. Because Feliciano was great against the Jaguars, Uh, I expect the same against uh, against Tampa Bay. Although Vitavea is quite a bit to deal with, so that'll be interesting to see. But but yeah, so no injuries. This this team is healthy. And uh, again, I think they just I think they have their eye on the prize. I really do. I think that they are focused, that they are disciplined, and that they understand. And Kyle Shanahan, I think, probably drills this into them one game at a time. And I I really do think that they that they live that motto. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna get caught looking ahead. Um and I think even if they do, this team is 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 so much more talented than Tampa Bay that even if they play a sloppy game, they still have the edge against Baker Mayfield and and the Bucks.
2: One other stat I forgot to give about the the defense for Tampa Bay. They've forced 16 turnovers this year, eight of which are f- eight of which are f- fumbles so they forced eight mm. fumbles and recovered eight fumbles which is the second most in the nfl so that's another read into why how they gave up all these yards because again i don't watch yeah. the t- who the hell wants to sit and watch baker mayfield i don't watch of the Bucks games. No, thanks. but how maybe they gave up all these yards and only and only gave up so many 173 points yeah. um but i agree with you unless the niners it's a thing where where it does become kind of a trap game or there are a few turnover sway things mike evans hits a big pass whatever has a big catch down field. Those type of things can, can keep the score close. But I think in this game for me, I can't see it. the nine, the Niners have to lose this game mm-hmm. to lose this game. If you know what I mean, they have to beat themselves.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: So I'm going to say Niners, I'm going to say the 30 point streak is starting again. Niners win mm-hmm. this game, 30 to 17.
1: Awesome. Cause I was going to say the four Niners win this game 31 to 17.
2: So right. Right. In the, <laughs> same, the same area. So yeah, Perfect. I think it's going to be good. Um, and the Niners, you get a nice little two-game winning streak, and then you get into that quick game against Seattle on Thanksgiving, which on Thanksgiving. I can't yep. wait for. It's going to be so much fun Thanksgiving night to watch that. Yes. But we'll be back. We'll break down, obviously, the game this week, and then we'll preview the Seahawks game, too. It's going to be a quick week with the Thursday game and Thanksgiving and everything like that. Oh, and for our friend at Starbucks, if you're listening to this, yes. tweet at us. And we want to say thanks for telling Cynthia you listen to the show and you're a fan and everything like that. So if you're listening to the show and you're on Twitter, just be like, hey, guys, what's up? On Twitter.
1: Yeah. Thank you for being a fan. There we I
2: appreciated go. Appreciated that. Oh, Brian. <laughs> oh, Brian. All right, everybody. Have a no, it's not Thanksgiving yet. I was gonna say have a happy Thanksgiving. Just have a good weekend. Enjoy yeah. the game. And and
1: enjoy we'll the game. And then uh we'll be back next week. Thanks, everybody. Later. <laughs>